Hey guys, it's Zeno coming up today on A to Z. The one thing Georgia needs this year that they don't have to win a national title, plus Ritter or the next guy, and finally a power shift in the NL East. That's all coming up right here on A to Z. This is A to Z with Mark Zeno, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta. How did we get here? If you're not the number one pick, guess what? You have no guarantee. That's where you are. And it starts. Does that make me a genius? Yes. Now. Good afternoon. Welcome to A to Z here on Lockdown Sports Atlanta, where today I tell you they mean more than you think. Welcome in. We are live here on a Wednesday chugging toward Christmas Day. To all my Jewish friends out there, I hope your Hanukkah is going well. You're in the middle of your eight crazy nights, and we welcome you in here. Give us a follow on Twitter at LockedOnATL. I'm at Mark Zino, M-A-R-K-Z-I-N-N-O. Of course, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Give a like and a thumbs up to the content there. And reminder, we are on Roku TV. However you get your Roku TV, download that. Roku TV app on your Amazon Fire Stick, and check out all of the Locked On Sports Atlanta shows, including A to Z right here. All right, uh, a lot to get to today. Uh, if you woke up this morning, you got some major news in Major League Baseball. We'll get to that coming up here. But I wanted to start with the Georgia Bulldogs because, um, you know, I'll give a little bit of credit to my my friend and colleague, Carl Dukes, for bringing this up yesterday as I've been filling in on 92.9 um, this whole week. But this is an interesting point that I hadn't thought of. You know, I talked yet uh, this week about how hard it is to win back-to-back titles, and it is hard, right? I mean, for all uh, of Alabama's success in college football, you know, this is a team that has only won back-to-back titles once. So they've been to three three in a row. They've been to back-to-back years, uh, and it's really hard to win back-to-back national championships. It, it doesn't happen often. Uh, And there's a reason for it because it's one of the more difficult things to do in the sports at any level. To repeat as a champion is monumentally difficult just to run it back again and do it all over. The Braves found that out, right? It's just hard when everyone's gunning for you and everyone's looking at you uh, as as the one team that, that they need to knock off. And so, you know, Georgia last year on their way to a national title, we forget about this. You know, they ran through their regular season, right? They ran through the SEC East as we expected. And they, to a certain extent, they didn't even have a, uh, a real challenge last year at any point in time like they had this year. They didn't, they didn't have a Tennessee on their schedule this year, uh, last year like they did this year. You know, I mean, it was, it was fairly manageable by all accounts last year as you go through the regular season. and. You know, I guess the opener against Clemson was the big one. I mean, yes, they did play three straight-ranked opponents, right? But uh, they were never really tested with a defense like last year. But they get to the SEC championship game, and they got beat. They got beat pretty soundly. And once that happened, losses like that had the ability to refocus you. Uh, taking a loss in a season has the ability to remind you that you're not that much better than everybody else, that you're not as bad, that you're not as good as you may think that you are. And so losses have an ability to be able to really remind you uh, that you have to keep laser focused all year long. Remember, Georgia last year 
didn't give up more than 13 points until they played at Tennessee when they gave up 17. That was the most they'd given up all season long until they gave up 41 in the SEC championship game. That defense gave up 41 points, and all of a sudden it was like, <gasps> wow, what is going on here? Yeah. And then they came out and dominated Michigan, and they dominated Alabama in the, in the national title game. This year, Georgia, haven't really been pressed. However, comma, I mean, you know, the old world defense didn't give up 22 to Kent State. They gave up 22 to Missouri. They gave up 20 to Florida. Um, all things considered, this defense is very, very good again. Not as good as last year's, but still, you know, Georgia's never really, they weren't pressed in the Missouri game. They really weren't. Uh, there wasn't a moment where I really felt like, and I remember watching that game, there wasn't really a moment I felt like they were going to lose that game. And it was tight you know, in the fourth quarter uh, when they were still down by two scores. You're like, well, you got to make something happen here. You know, you, you, you absolutely got to uh, turn this thing around. I mean, it was, you know, 19-9 in the third quarter. You're like, you know, it was a 10-point game in the fourth quarter. You're like, but, you know, Georgia does what Georgia does, and they end up winning the game. So, all things considered, again, they don't have a loss this year. Could that lull them to sleep against Ohio State? My short answer is probably no. Could it lull them to sleep against Michigan? My answer is yes. Now, Michigan's going to beat TCU. And Georgia fans are going to be tricked into thinking because they smoked Michigan last year that they'll do the exact same thing this year. And that is a bad thing to think. This year's Michigan team is better. They're better all around. They're better up front. They're better on defense. Minus Aiden Hutchinson, who was obviously an all-world player. Um, but on the whole, the defense is better. Last year, Michigan's defense had a better player. This year, overall, the defense is better. And uh, that's the part that scares me about repeating. It's not Ohio State. It's Michigan. Michigan's going to push TCU around pretty handily. I have very little concern about that. And if they don't, well, then that tells you Michigan was never really for real anyway. So uh, if TCU gets a title game against Georgia, it's going to be a bloodbath. Bloodbath. So uh, we know that's not going to happen. But just think about this, Georgia fans, that a loss that they don't have this year may be their undoing. Because if they can get through Ohio State rather easily, like the best case scenario for Georgia is to have something happen in the semifinals that hasn't happened. And that's get one of these close games that's really, really tight. We haven't seen many of those. And what's the reason you haven't seen many of those? Well, typically, there is a clear line of delineation between one and two and three and four. Right? That's typically the reason. But you also have three weeks to prepare. And typically, the better coaches, which have been Nick Saban, which have been Dabo Sweeney, which have been Kirby Smart, with that kind of time to, to prepare, take advantage of every little thing that they can. And that's essentially what, uh, what has happened. Now, Ohio State doesn't have as good a coach as Georgia does. I think that's, that's fair to say. But if somehow... Ohio State hangs in this game and scares Georgia for 60 minutes. That may be the best thing to happen to the Bulldogs heading into the national title game. If Georgia comes out and wins this game 44 to 13 and never push, I worry. I worry about Georgia in the national title game. And I kind of hope 
you know, from a betting standpoint, selfishly, that's what happens that Georgia blows out Ohio State. You're going to hang a big number up there for Georgia against Michigan. Big number. And I think Michigan can compete. I genuinely do. That's not a knock on Georgia. That's just a, a pump up of how good Michigan is. I've had concerns about their offense this year, but um, that team is, is every bit as good as advertised. So really, really hard to repeat as national champs. And without that loss that keeps you focused, this could be very much a trap spot for the Georgia Bulldogs. We'll see. Time will tell. Right? There's no guarantee. But it's going to be interesting to see as we inch closer to the national semifinals on New Year's Eve. All right, speaking of betting, I want to remind you that our friends at betonline.net are the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs. You can find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Your Thursday night football coming up, of course, right in the middle of bowl season. Great information there to check out as well. You can find reviews and news of every league. College football bowl season, NFL just mentioned those two. Major League Baseball, we'll get to that. And the power shift that just went on, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, even golf. It's all right there. BetOnline continues to be your top online resource for all your sports wagering information. Podcasts give you some great sports info, live in-game betting stuff to get on to. They've got you covered. Head to Bet Online today to use your mobile device or use your mobile device to learn more about the action that's happening today. Bet Online, where the game starts. Okay, um, want to go through a little exercise with you guys here, uh, and I want you to play along with me as you're listening, wherever you may be, in your car or you know on the treadmill or whatever you're doing, and just listening. I want you to go through this mental exercise with me because we can sit there and talk about what the Falcons are going to do in the draft, right? We can sit there and talk about you know, who they're going to look at and, and what guys they, they may be able to get, what guys they may be able to uh, draft, if it's a quarterback or whatever. Uh, and that's always a, a fun exercise. But let's just look at something different from the standpoint of a bird in the hand is worth two in the bush, right? Um, that old adage. And, and 95% of NFL James would tell you, that when it comes to getting a quarterback, would you rather go get the guy who's never played an NFL snap or the proven commodity that is out there and already a, a NFL starter? All the GMs tell you, give me the NFL starter. Developing young, I mean, money aside, developing young guys takes time. Uh, there's a lot more risk involved. There's a lot of things that go into it. Getting the NFL-ready quarterback is always easier. It is. So, Let's just say, for argument's sake, the Falcons could go down that road. Remember, this is a team with a ton of cap space, so salary of quarterback here doesn't really matter. Take of this with a grain of salt because some of this is done in the vacuum, um, and some ideas of trades that could be out there would cost more than you'd be willing to, to give. That's fine, but um, just kind of play along because I think it's a fair barometer of, in your head, who you would want on your team right now that may be above Desmond Ritter. So it's Desmond Ritter or this quarterback. We'll start with Lamar Jackson. Now, look, it's tough. It, 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 the idea that Lamar Jackson is going to hit free agency is probably not going to happen. However, comma, they could. There's two tags out there. There's the exclusive franchise tag, which puts his cap number at around $40 million. And then there is the non-exclusive one where you could trade him for two first-round picks if somebody wanted to get him at a cheaper rate. Now, I'm not suggesting the Falcons would. No one has ever done it. That's what the Ravens are likely going to do, given the, the other franchise tag. But, again, very much so, uh, 
if Lamar Jackson became available, would you want Lamar Jackson over Desert Ritter? The obvious answer is yes. Probably everybody would. You know, I think that's very much a, a, a different level of, uh, of quarterback that we're talking about here. Here's an interesting case for the guy who's playing some of the best football of his career right now, who's cast off as a, a, a you know, throwaway and, and put on the scrap heap. And that's Jared Goff. Jared Goff has one year left on his deal. Uh, and Detroit could move on from him if they wanted to and go get a younger guy. Jared Goff's really interesting right now. Jared Goff, to me, size, arm strength, um, ability to really be a guy that would fit well in Arthur Smith's offense. At the number you're getting him at, at a bargain price of $23 million, which is what is left on his contract, um, yeah, I, I think genuinely this is a guy you could take a look at. I know a lot of people, you know, don't like him, but he's been really solid all year long. He's been really, really solid. And I believe in Arthur Smith enough that if they were to let him go or they wanted to trade him, then yeah, absolutely. Another guy that I'm a big believer in for, for uh, Arthur Smith would be Ryan Tannehill. If the Titans wanted to trade him, he's got two years left in this deal. And again, he's not making insane amount of money in the quarterback scale. But the Titans, a, a, a reunion with Arthur Smith to me sounds fantastic. For me, it does. I think right now, Ryan Tannehill in Tennessee with absolutely no weapons. And, yeah, they, the, the Titans have no weapons right now. With Traylon Burks hurt, they have nothing. They have nobody to throw the ball to. At least the Falcons have Drake London. At least the Falcons next year will have Drake London and Kyle Pitts. Like, give Arthur Smith those level of weapons with Ryan Tannehill. I think that's an, ama an, amazing, uh, an amazing reunion. I think it absolutely works on so many levels. Another guy I'd be really high on is Derek Carr. Uh, a lot of people don't like Derek Carr. I don't know why. I think he's one of the most underrated quarterbacks in the league. Um, he signed a three-year, $121 million extension. Uh, he's set to get $40 million in base salary guarantees for 23 and 24. That's easily restructured if you get him. Um, you know, push some of that money down the road, add some new money on. If you're going to make a deal for a quarterback, you want to try to keep net stability there for more than two seasons, but, you know, again, I think Derek Carr with Arthur Smith is an absolute home run. It's an absolute home run. You know, I, I, again, I just objectively, I'm there. I think that the, those guys are, are quarterbacks that I could get interested in. Now, here's another interesting guy that uh, will be a free agent this coming offseason that you look at and you wonder what he would be like had he had weapons around him and for his entire career had he had a high-level coach. That's Daniel Jones. Now, as a Giants fan, I'm kind of like, eh, well, Daniel Jones, if they moved on, I wouldn't be totally disappointed. I wouldn't be totally bummed out. You know, um, but you've seen with Daniel Jones what he can do with a play caller like Brian Dayball, who I think Arthur Smith and Brian Dayball are two of the best schemers in the league. They're two of the best guys at what they do. What I want, to, the only upside to Daniel Jones right now at this point in time is his age. He's young. And so because of his age, you can look at what he is and say, can Arthur Smith make him better? I think the answer is yes. I think the answer is generally yes. Do I want him over Desmond Ritter? Probably not. Speaking of guys who, uh, you know, could be cast off very quickly, 
Zach Wilson may become available from the New York Jets. Do you want Zach Wilson as the number two overall pick? Um, you know the talent is there because he was the number two overall pick, but uh, I would probably pass on a guy like Zach Wilson at this point. Not for me. One guy this year that is having a MVP caliber year uh, that is about to hit free agency is Geno Smith. Uh, Geno Smith's 32. He finally had a resurgence at 32 uh, after being, I think it was an early second round pick, if I remember correctly, late first round, early second round. I wouldn't want Geno Smith. I think this is lightning in a bottle. Uh, I don't think he's that good. I don't know if Seattle would let him go anyway, but if he was available, is that the guy I want? Probably not for me. Right? Just not my guy. Uh, and I think that that, you know, speaks volumes um, to what you're going to see over the next couple of weeks from Seattle. They're on a downturn, and you're going to see it because at some point in time, the regression for Geno Smith was coming because in reality, he's just generally not that good. And then finally, one more name out there that I absolutely would take a look at, and that's Jimmy Garoppolo. I know not a lot of people like him. Um, I know not a lot of people uh, think that he's all that good. Jimmy Garoppolo's won big games. He's won big road playoff games. He's won big home playoff games. Uh, uh, the big question for Jimmy Garoppolo is his health. Can he survive? And, yeah, it's a real legit question to ask with the Falcons because they can't block. They can't pass protect. They'll get killed here. It's a hospital visit waiting to happen for Jimmy Garoppolo. So while I love the level of quarterback play that he provides, his injury stability is a little bit of an issue for me. So I don't know. I just thought that was a fun exercise for you guys to go through, look at the quarterbacks around the league. because, And it tells you, like I've said repeatedly, there are plenty of other quarterbacks, plenty of other teams going through the same exercise the Falcons are this offseason. Where are we at quarterback? What do we want to do? How do we want to try to handle it? And, uh, you know, what exactly um, do we do we hope to get out of all this? Falcons are not alone in that sense. All right, we have some uh, power shifting to get to here and shovels of wisdom. We'll get to that in a moment. I want to remind you guys to make Locked on Falcons your very first listen. We appreciate you doing so for your next listen. Check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast. Biggest stories of the day, instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. It's available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, we will get to Shovel's Wisdom here in a second, but I did want to get to this first. If you didn't see it last night, uh, sometime around 11-ish, 11 p.m., Dansby Swanson officially said goodbye to Atlanta. He took to his Instagram account, and it was on Twitter as well, uh, to say thank you, Atlanta. After being traded to the Braves, it would first step an amazing journey that God had in store for me. The last six-plus years have been truly remarkable. We went from, from a rebuild to five straight division titles, including a World Series championship in the past six years. You all have seen me going from a young kid out of college to now a married man. I'm extremely grateful for the support and the love you all have shown me, he said, y'all. Uh, in the past six years, I'll always cherish the memories and relationships that were created with teammates, staff members, and the rest of the Braves country. It's hard to even put into words how appreciative I am for the city of Atlanta and what it means to my wife and I as well as my family. Thank you, Braves Country. Very nice, heartfelt, uh, you know, message from a Marietta High School graduate and uh, number one overall selection. And, you know, 
Again, race fans, you can be mad at Dansby all you want. It's not a Dansby problem. It's an organizational problem. That's why he's not here. So it genuinely is. There's no other reason to uh, to look at it any other way. Which brings me to our shuffle of wisdom. Brace yourselves, because it's time for the Shovel of Wisdom. Yeah, you know how we do it every day. We have to set somebody straight for saying you're doing something stupid. We'll rock them right upside the head with a shovel. Metaphorical shovel, if you will. You can do so on my Twitter account, at Mark Zeno, M-A-R-K-Z-I-N-O. Use the hashtag Shovel of Wisdom. And today my shovel goes to the San Francisco Giants and the New York Mets. While you were sleeping, uh, it went down last night. We heard of these reports yesterday that the San Francisco Giants were having some consternation over the physical of Carlos Correa, their newly signed shortstop to the tune of $300 million. And, uh, yeah. Well, the consternation led to his agent, Scott Boris, uh, swooping in and getting a brand-new deal with the New York Mets as Carlos Correa is the newest member of the New York Mets to the tune of 13 years, $300 million and change. And, yeah, well, there you go. There you have it. Uh, Huge number. And now it goes from a guy that the Braves would only see six or seven times a year to a guy that they'll see 19 times a year. I'm sorry, it's 12 years, $315 million. Correa agreed to a 13-year, $350 million with San Francisco Giants. Uh, They canceled the press conference on Tuesday because of medical concerns. Cohen swooped in. Matt's owner, Steve Cohen, swooped in. 12 years, $315 million. Now, the general reaction here, um, and I'll get to the Braves fans' general reaction here, is like, whoa, this is a major power shift and, you know, a major move, and it is. I mean, you know, the Mets are going all in here. They already have Francisco Lindor, and by reports, they'll say that Correa will go to third. Lindor will stay at short. Um, But the Mets are trying to put something together here that goes out and wins a title. But if you're the Giants uh, and you're the Mets, there's only second-guessing involved in all of this, and that's where the shovel comes in. You're the Giants, you're the second-guessing that let him go. If he does well for the Mets and wins a title, fans are going to be screaming. On the flip side, you know, if he is bad and, uh, you know, is injured and it doesn't work out and the medical concerns end up coming to fruition, Mets fans are going to be screaming, why would you do this? This is a bad idea, blah, 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 blah. Both of these teams are going to be wrought with second-guessing if it doesn't go their way. Which is in short to say, if, uh, if they don't win a title, if the Mets don't win a title, uh, that all of a sudden they're going to look like uh, complete fools for doing so. The Giants are going to look like geniuses and vice versa. But still, Braves fans will tell you that, you know, oh, the Mets won't win squad anyway. You'll get the same reaction in Philadelphia. Of course you will. What's pretty substantial about this is that, you know, the Mets have spent over $800 million this offseason. It's an insane number. They're $111 million over the luxury tax. Big, big numbers. And again, now, I'll be honest with you. Growing up in New York, you know, you see big numbers and you're like, yes, that's what we're supposed to do. You see big numbers, you're like, yes, that's what we want our team to do. Because that's, you know, how you go out and win. Theoretically. Um, but I don't think, you know, there's any reason to hate on this move. 
it will be met with a lot of hate here in Atlanta and again, Philadelphia. And I understand that, but all I've ever said, and I'll repeat what I've always said, aggressive GMs win more than they lose. Aggressive owners win more than they lose. I want that. I want that for my team. I genuinely do. I want a super aggressive GM, a super aggressive owner who are willing to push all their chips to the center of the table. Not every now and then, not once in a while, every time. If you have a sports team and you have that kind of money and you're not consistently trying to do that, guess what? All you have is a very successful business, which is okay. A lot of owners like that. A lot of owners like having successful businesses because they're rich and they like money. I'm not rich. I like money. But having a successful business would be nice. So I get all that. But still, you know, this is something that uh, is a mentality thing for me. And I don't see why you wouldn't want it. Not for everybody. It is what it is. But that's what I like. Dansby Swanson isn't here because you don't have an aggressive owner. You have an aggressive GM, but you have ownership that's not willing to, to do that. Dansby Swanson still signed a contract for nearly half, half of what Carlos Correa just signed. You do the math on it, kids. Did you have to be that aggressive with Dansby? No. Could you have been? Absolutely. So, while you're sitting here taking a dump on the Mets for this move, which is fun to do and it's easy to do, remember, the guy who just said goodbye to Atlanta on social media last night said goodbye because your ownership wasn't aggressive enough to want to keep him. It's a, what would you rather have? Would you rather have the, 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 the owner who doesn't go all in or the owner who does? I'd rather have the owner who does. I'd rather go all in and go bust and then try again and consistently sit there and just wager one chip at a time, one chip at a time, one chip at a time and try to hold on to what I got. It's not me. And again, I get it. It's not for everybody else either. So there's that. Uh, I hate to end the show on a sad bit of news, but I just figured it was timely. Steelers running back Franco Harrison, because he's Italian, of course, I've got to give him some love, passed away at the age of 72 uh, last night or early this morning, whatever it may have been. And the only reason I bring this up, what's interesting about this, that it is 50 years to the day. It'll be Friday, December 23rd. That's 50 years to the day that the immaculate reception happened in Pittsburgh in the AFC playoffs from Terry Bradshaw to Lynn Swan to Franco Harris. So uh, on one of the most memorable plays in NFL history, it seems somewhat fitting and at least, you know, circular of life, circle of life, circular kind of deal that Franco Harris almost passed away on the day where he made the most incredible play. uh, One of the most incredible plays in NFL NFL history uh, and that we're going to celebrate when the Raiders and Steelers play on Christmas Eve night on Saturday night, they're going to celebrate the Immaculate Reception, which would be 50 years and one day after it had happened. So there's that. All right, make sure you guys tune in to Locked on Falcons every day, making your first listen. Aaron Freeman does a great job for your next listen. Check out the Locked on Sports Today podcast, the biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. It's available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcast. Appreciate you guys joining me here on this Wednesday. Back tomorrow on a Thursday. Keep it locked right here 
on A to Z on Locked On Sports Atlanta. Have a great day. Don't get any crap from anybody. See ya.